What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to the New Books Network. And we are live. Hello to my incredible guest, Leslie Kimmelman. It's so wonderful to have you on the show. And before I forget, this is Mel Rosenberg, and I'm here with the Children's Literature Channel of the New Books Network, where I interview the most amazing, incredible, awesome authors, illustrators, editors, publishers, agents, uh, and sometimes none of the above or all of the above. And uh, Leslie, you, you, you come as close to being all of the above. Wow, uh, that's a lot I, to live up to. <laughs> an, an author and an editor. Um, so, so welcome, welcome. I, I'm, I'm incredibly yeah. honored. Um, and you publish so many books. Um, it depends. You know, you read sometimes it says Leslie Kimmelman has published over 40 books. And then it says Leslie Kimmelman has po- published over 50 books. Um, and then Leslie Kimmelman has published over 100 books, but some are under pseudonyms. So I'm wondering now whether you can tell us your pseudo- pseudonyms. Are, are you Chelsea Clinton? Uh, I am are not. You, are you <laughs> no. Ludwig Bemelmans? What's the no. name of Leslie Kimmelman? Um, I actually I started with a pseudonym because I publish a lot of books, especially I worked for Sesame Street for a lot of years and I wrote a lot of books for them and for Disney and for Nickelodeon. And I sort of felt like those weren't completely my books because they were based on characters that someone else had developed. So I thought, oh, I need another name for books that I just do as, you know, sort of a, a writer for hire. So, so, so you're, I, you're, you're, you're Jim Hansen. I am not Jim Hansen either. Oh. I, I, I actually chose my dog's name for my, my dog was, she's no longer with us, but her name was Jody, and she was, a, she was a shelter dog. So she was a lot of different um, breeds, but my name is Jody Shepherd. That's my pen name. And if you go on Amazon, you'll see many, many books under Jody Shepherd. Okay. So now, now you're outed, you realize. I'm outed. Yeah. Not a That's big what, secret. Now, but I, I have an even more, more secret question to ask you, Leslie. Sure. Can, can you tell me how to get how to get to Sesame Street? You take for me, I went by car, but you can take the set. You can take the subway. <laughs> is there a Sesame Street? There is actually um, 
it, the the um, studio is in Queens, but the office in Manhattan, which is on Broadway, um, a number of years ago, I guess about eight, nine years ago, they um, ceremoniously named the block that it's on Sesame Street. So there actually is a Sesame Street now that you can go to, which is on uh, like okay. 63rd and Broadway, I think. And, and, and we'll add a little asterisk below the interview, how you can get there. So now okay. everybody can know how to get to. There's not much to see. It's just an office building, but you can you can pose with the sign at least. It's a good story, right? It's by the way, it's a good story. It's a really good story. I mean, okay. Anyway, we're not going to go there today. We because we are celebrating book number forty three and forty four, or fifty seven and fifty eight, or I don't even know myself. And, and you see, that's not fair, Leslie. Because, you know, uh, there's so many inspiring uh, authors uh, listening to us um, who are waiting uh, in the ranks. And um, you seem to publish. You, you have two books out last week on the same day. I did. This year has been a very crazy year. And sometimes it just works out that way that books that have been, you know, in cocooning for a long time and somehow they just all come to uh, the end point at the same time. This year, I had four books come out. Two, two are coming out at, uh, in, a, in September and October. Um, next year, just one. So just, just, just one. Of, just one, yeah. So it, it just, and some years, none. Bubkus, Bubkus. Bubkus, exactly. So, um, so let's get serious. No, I'm, 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 I'm not being serious. We're not going to be serious. That's <laughs> not, not the idea of children's literature. No. Right in my opinion. But we're, we're going to talk about two of your most recent books, which are from last week. Um, and uh, I hope you have them to wave around in, I front, do. Of our, in front of our viewing audience. So I do, the, I do. The first one is really nothing. <laughs> Why is it really nothing? It's a book about Bupkis, which is the, actually the point of the book is that Bupkis really isn't nothing. It's something. And that... Um, I guess I hate using the word message because it always sounds so didactic and it's not at all didactic, but I guess my point was that everything is something and that things that you think are little and unimportant, actually everything you do makes a difference. And I saw, I, 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 I think of it as my, um, what's that Jimmy Stewart movie. Uh, it's a wonderful life. Everything you do has ever expanding circles. So, so this book is really about how small meets vote that you do, being nice to being kind to people, helping them out, et cetera, have a big import. And it's a really fun book. It's, you know, it's light, it's fun, it's it's got a good message. For, for the 2% of the people who are, uh, of our viewers and listeners who are not Jewish, uh, we should say that Bubkus is a Yiddish for um, peanuts. For, for nothing. Actually, if you live in New York, you don't have to be Jewish. You just know these words like Bubkus. But yeah, this was, okay. that was an interesting book because actually the um, what came to me first was the title. I, I can't remember why, but I was thinking about the word Bubkus or someone said it. And I was I just sort of went a book about Bubkus. That would be really funny. And I looked online and no one had done it. And then I was like, okay, I have the title. Now I have to think of a story. So that's how and that you, came about. So, so published by Carben, by our friends at Carben. 
which yeah. is a Jew Jewish publisher. Um, and it's a lovely book. Can you just open it up and show, maybe read a yeah. few words? So um, it starts, this book is about Bupkis. That's right, Bupkis, nothing. And then she goes on and she says, the thing about Bupkis though, is it can be tricky. Sometimes something that looked like that looks like bupkis, nothing, is actually something. Look at all the vegetables growing. Zoe and her mom fill the baskets with delicious food until bupkis. The garden is empty, but their neighbor is happy. And it goes on like that. So this is actually the the New York bupkis. It, it, it's the it's like the um the, the context of, of, of the New York bupkis. Not the old European Yiddish, perhaps. Yeah, I would say it's a modern take on bupkis, yeah. I love it. Uh, do, do you know where the word bupkis actually comes from? Yes, I actually wrote a blog on it and now I can't remember. I, I seen your brain, uh, but it's a funny etymology and now I can't, are you gonna give me the answer? <clears throat> I don't know the answer, but I've been told Oh that shoot. It's I didn't you know, know the answer, but I can't think of it. There's no kids uh, on this program. Uh, no, no children were harmed during the making of this show. Um, so uh, some people think that bobcats comes from um, what sheep do after they've eaten. Um, and like you say, oh, that's you know, that's not worth shit. So um, there is at least one that I that heard. wasn't the definition I found. It was a very funny one, but I can't think of what it is. I'll have to email you after. I, 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 I know, but now that I, I understand that the the uh, the bubkus is the United States bubkus and not like my grandparents bubkus, right? Which is a different nothing about nothing, right? Um, right. And uh, so that's wonderful. So congratulations on that great book. Thank you. And um and we're going to talk mostly about a masterpiece of yours. Uh, which is the one that's uh, come out now with Random House Studio, and uh, run with it. So this is a very, very special book for me. It's called Ready, Set, Run, The Amazing New York City Marathon. And I want to preface this by saying I do not run. I am not a runner in any in any way. I had a very brief period in college where I ran a couple miles a day, but that's that was a long time ago. However, as a New Yorker, I love the New York City Marathon, and um, I watch it every year, mostly on TV, but sometimes in person. And actually, my daughter lives on the route in Brooklyn, and um, a few years ago, we were watching, and she said, no one's ever wrote a, written a book about the New York City Marathon. You should write one, Mom. And I was like, you're right, I should write one. And she actually gave me a, a lot of good suggestions too. So I'm going to give her a lot of credit for this book. But basically, um, it's the story of the- Leslie, she doesn't She doesn't want the credit. She wants the royalty. She does want the, no, she doesn't want the credit because she's, she's very modest, but she should get it. Um, okay. Anyway, uh, to me, the New York City Marathon is not just about running. It's about a whole city coming together and cheering on- people from all over the world. And it's the best day in New York every year. It's just, I, I, someone was asking me recently and I was telling them that last year when we saw the uh, marathon, it was just a couple of days before the, um, the uh, midterm elections in the United States. And I don't know if you're, how, how um, up to date your 
listeners are on the United States politics, but the election was very, very divisive. And yet, watching this race, there was not an inkling that there was an election going on. People were just so positive and so upbeat and cheered on everyone. And it just, it's a real feel-good day. So I, that's what I'm hoping this, the um, the book embodies, that spirit of of just, you know, cheering everyone on. Yeah, that's so, because, uh, that, because all the politicians were busy running for election. I guess well. so. <laughs> but not a sign. I mean, you didn't see a single sign. So the book sort of starts out. But your, your book, your book has this book is gorgeous. The the signs are are so funny. The yeah, that mostly the is the artist. I don't care. <laughs> Show us your masterpiece. So um, the book starts out with people all over the world preparing for the race. Um, actually, they have more than 100 countries represented every year. And everyone is is getting ready and they're practicing and they're choosing their lucky socks and their playlists and so forth. And then see, see Leslie, that that that, in my humble opinion, is what makes this brilliant. Okay, it it, it it's a it's a slice of life of life. It's it's you know the people with the lucky socks and the lucky headbands. Yeah. This is, I think, is brilliant. Keep going. Thank you so much. So anyway, the race starts in Staten Island. So here we are in Staten Island. Everyone is getting ready. And here comes the pièce de résistance. The book folds out and you see everyone is running. And if you ever see the New York City Marathon, I think one of the best things about it is that although there are some brilliant, elite, incredible runners at the front, there are also people from every wake, uh, walk of life. Um, there are people, you know, who just decide they want to have this on their, they want to check it off their bucket list. Not everyone is in the most amazing shape like the elite runners. Some people are running with friends. Some people are running for a cause. Some people are uh, they have an amazing wheelchair uh, division that if you see them, you, you, you're you just bowled over. Um, and, and that's, I think, what's fun about it. So anyway, the book goes from Staten Island, then it moves to Brooklyn. Here's Brooklyn. And uh, uh, I'm trying to find one of these funny signs that the artist, the artist is uh, Jessie Hartland, and she's brilliant. Um, here's, here's a funny sign. This is in uh, Manhattan. And she wrote, you run faster than my mascara. Yeah. That was a good one. Um, I love that one. Or uh, there was another one, I think you are not even close to being finished. Or, you know, they're just funny. Anyway, they... Um, I, what, what, I, what I'm missing is uh, you haven't run Bubkus. Yeah, no, I haven't. <laughs> there was no sign in that. I should have had her put a yarmulke in at least, but uh, no, I didn't. You should have had a little advertisement for your other book. Yeah, that would have you been think, good. You think you're running that bobkas? It, it's hard to, um, you know, you don't want to overstep your bounds with the artist. That it's their book too. Anyway, there they are in Manhattan, and finally at the finish line, and everyone then goes home to their hugs and baths and dinners and. Anyway, it's a really fun book about a great day. And it's not just about New York. It's about cheering 
uh, human accomplishment. That, that's what makes it brilliant. It's a very human Thank book you. about humanity. Um, so, and, 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 and we should also speak to Jesse because um, I don't have enough, I don't have enough illustrators. And she's um, amazing. And she's she's done some really great books. She I just read a book by her about the incident of a river burning that started Earth Day that is brilliantly written and brilliantly illustrated. Everything she does is great. So so what I wanted to ask you is um, people like me who are at the age of 71, get a publishing deal and, of course, don't get to choose the illustrator. Uh, but you are an editor with decades of experience. I still don't get to choose the illustrator. You know, sometimes some editors, most editors now will at least pass someone by me and say, what do you think of this person? But I've had plenty of books where I've had zero say. And in fact, one time, and I'm not going to say when, where I said, oh, I don't really think this is the right person. And the editor said, well, I'm sorry, but we've already given them a contract. So yeah, very little say. This time uh, she, she she came by and said, what do you think of Jesse Hartland? And I was like, oh my God, I love her. She's she's terrific. No, so, so so my editor asked me and, and, and luckily enough, he made a wonderful choice and uh, right. I, I'm so lucky. But um, here, uh, you're also an editor. So the, the wonderful thing about these conversations is that sometimes we talk about things that we, we never really discuss. And here's the thing, you know, um, you're an author. You've waited five years, 10 years. You have this wonderful, precious idea about the New York Marathon. And you write it and it takes you a year or two and you do research and you go to the marathon. And well, you didn't run the marathon. Uh, so it's not really an own voices book, but it's almost an own voices book. Your daughter. I, I interviewed daughter, people. Yeah, no, and daughter, I interviewed a bunch of marathon runners. So. Lastly, it's all kosher. I'm not a big fan of the own voices shtick. It's an American thing. It's okay. <laughs> You can have it, um, because otherwise, you know, if you write a if a, if you write a book about a dog, they're going to ask you, well, you know, how how many years were you a dog for, right? <laughs> um, so, um, and I'm not American, so I can say whatever I like, and maybe that's why I'm having trouble in America. Um, <laughs> but uh, here, here's the thing: is there a situation? So people ask me; they say, "Well, what happens um, if you get a traditional publishing deal?" And they pick the illustrator, and maybe you think the illustrator is okay, but, but even otherwise, they don't ask you. And then after a few months, they say, here, this is what your book looks like. Well, you know, I will say from the, because I was an editor for many years, and I should say I'm retired, I'm not an editor anymore. Um, from the editor's point of view, not all writers have amazing taste in art. And so that's why the editor keeps that the the choice to um the right to choose to him or herself no, um, did, one second leslie did it happen to you in your 43 or 57 yes books that you didn't like the artwork yes and i'm not going to say which books but there have been there have been luckily just a very few books there have been a few where i've said oh it's okay but there have only been i'd say two where i i just not like the illustrator and you know, not much I can do about it. Um, I do try now that I published a lot to say to the editor, can you please just, before you offer a contract, can you please just run this person by me? Because I 
like to think that if I really don't like the person, I can influence them. Luckily, the vast majority of the time, I really have loved the illustrator and um, I, it hasn't been a problem. But yes, it's that's something people don't know about publishing is that you don't always have, have a say. And it is considered once in a picture book, it is considered as much the pic, the uh, artist's book as it is yours. And, oh, so, and, and, and rightly so. Right. So you can't tell them, no, you can't, unless it's something that's egregiously wrong, you can't say, no, I don't want this. I don't, I want this. It's their book and it's their book once they have it to interpret the way they want to interpret it. That's just. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's a bit like giving a baby up for adoption. It is. Before the baby has been born. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> okay. So now let's talk about your, uh, your career. Um most of the authors I interviewed do not come from the slush pile. You didn't come from the slush pile. Tell us all about Leslie Kimmelman. Um, well, were, were, I, is that, were you born Leslie Kimmelman? Or did no, you? I was born Leslie Gridinsky. Gridinsky, also a nice Jewish name. I hyphenated for the first three days of my marriage and then decided that was not, not going to work. <laughs> um, I started as an editor, as a children's book editor. Um, I didn't even really think that being an author was a career path. I mean, well, go, go, well, you're, start, you're starting way I'm starting too late. late. Okay. Yeah. Start with the five-year-old uh, Leslie. Why? Five-year-old why you... Leslie. I loved to read. I have always loved to read. I gobble up books. I'm a very quick reader and I read voraciously all the time. Um, and, but even so, it never occurred to me that books were a career I, you know famous people are writers Leslie you're 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 avoiding the question that you know is in, inevitable because I have this theory that yeah. we all we all write for the age that we're stuck at what am I stuck at yeah well I'm I I have had people tell me I'm immature so <laughs> I guess I'm stuck at picture book age um you know it's a, it's a wonderful age to be stuck at the thing about picture books that I love is that it's an age where everything is, I actually have a four-year-old grandson now, and it's an age where everything is new, everything is fascinating, everything is magic. I mean, it, if I'm going to be stuck at an age, it's a good age to be stuck at. I have no problem with that. You just gave me goosebumps. Because when, when you're four or five years old, really everything's possible. And I actually, I have a book coming up. Uh, it's coming out in October. It's called Eve and Adam and their very first day. And it's it that's kind of the theme of it, that you're seeing everything for the first time. And it's just, you're filled with awe. And I think that's how picture book readers are. They're just, everything is is a, a revelation to them. And it's, it's an exciting group. It's exciting uh, age group to work for for to write for so um were you shy when you were four or five did you start no. reading early um uh, i read pretty early i was definitely never shy and um but i i grew you're, up with, you're not you're not going to share your angst i don't think i i had a very i i'm not going to complain i had a very easy uh childhood i was i was lucky i i you know, I grew up not not really uh, 
having much angst. I had three sisters. You're, you're, spoiling, my, you're was, spoiling my theory, you know, but that's that, okay. now I, I Yeah, well, that's why I write funny books and not, not poignant books, because I didn't have enough angst in my life. <laughs> now I have plenty of angst. <laughs> Back then I had a very nice childhood. And I read all the time. In fact, I probably... I, I could tell you places I read. I used to read in the bathtub. I ruined a lot of books by dropping them in the bathtub. I broke my ankle reading, you know, walking off a curb as I read a book. I mean, I was just reading all the time. That's a story, Leslie. It is. Yeah. You're a story. <laughs> Everyone's a story. So, so when did you, when did you decide that like you became an editor? So you must have studied literature or something like that. I, I actually was not an English major. I was a history major. I'm I'm a huge history buff, um, a history and French major. And I had no idea what I was going to do with my life. And then someone, my senior year of college came, you know, how these colleges always have these career, these alumni come and talk about their careers. And someone came, she was from New York City. And in those days, everyone in New York City wore a black dress and a strand of pearls. And she came to talk and she was a um, reader for Doubleday Book Club. And she said, I sit at my desk and I read all day. And I, it was like a the proverbial light bulb. I was like, you sit at your desk and read all day? That's what I want to do. And so I uh, became an editor, a children's book editor, because I had always- no, but what, what, what do you mean you just became an editor? I, I, mean, I actually, no, I, I, I went to- I went to a, a summer program. They had, they have a lot now, but back then they just had a few. I went to something called the Denver Publishing Program, uh, which sort of explored all the different um, possibilities in publishing. And they had a lot of um, people from the field would come for a day and talk about, you know, what it means to be in publicity in publishing, what it means to be an editor, what it means to be a, um, you know, a rights manager. And um, the person who came to talk about children's book books um, was Susan Hirschman, who was sort of legendary. Um, and she was so passionate and dynamic. And instantly, again, it was another light bulb mo moment. I just sort of said, yeah, that's what I want to do. And I went into uh, I, and I came back to New York after the program and uh, got a job in children's publishing. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
But what does that mean? You got a job? You're like Carol King. You just walked in and say hi. No, I did not. I interviewed quite a number of places, and then someone finally took pity on me and hired me. Um, I, I, my first job was at William Morrow, um, and the company no longer even exists. But I had a terrific mm -hmm. couple of years there as a children's book editor, and then you know moved. So forward. you you say that somebody took Rachmanis on you, but I'm <laughs> uh, I, I'm thinking that uh, they probably uh, loved having you. Well, I hope so. Uh, I'm, and I'm then, sure. And then, you know, and, I guess. And, and then how did you get, how did you get to, to Sesame Street? Um, that was after a long time. I, I was at a, a number of different children's publishing houses. And um, after my second child was born, I took some time off, a, a couple of years off. And believe it or not, I, when I was ready to go back, I saw an ad in the New York Times. People of another generation won't believe it, but that's how you got jobs. And there was a job, a, a um, ad for Sesame Street magazine. And I thought, well, I've done books. I could do magazines. And I applied, went through a few interviews and got the job. And then I was there for another 25 years. So it turned out to be a really, really good, good move. Um, and, and, you know, uh, Leslie, most editors, um, including several of my mentor heroes, uh, they don't write. And many agents don't write. Um, but you became a wonderful author. What, what is the difference between Leslie, who was an editor for many years, and then some, some coin dropped? What happened? Um, I was at HarperCollins at the time. And as I said before, I didn't really think being an author was a job that normal people had. I thought that was sort of famous people were authors. And um, I, I had been at HarperCollins for maybe two or three years. And I, you know, and was working with a lot of people. And it finally dawned on me. You know, you don't have to be. They're not anything. famous. They're not famous. Yeah, you can just write a book. And I had an idea for here. I I brought my first book. I, my I, first I, book. I, I I did research. Fanny's feathers or something. Fanny's fruits. Fanny's fruits. Right. A little girl whose family has a fruits fruit and vegetable stand at the side of the road. 1989. Um, 1989. 1989. And uh, and I just I wrote down this idea and some another editor at HarperCollins liked it and. There I was, and I, at the time, I thought, oh, you know, I'll write a book, you know, maybe three or four books in my lifetime, and I don't know, somehow, here I am. Yeah, 50 books later. Yeah, that that was not planned, just happened. So how did that just happen? Um, I just, well, the, you know, interestingly, I've written a lot of Jewish books, that's been a big part of my career, and that happened because my children at the time, there were very... It was a very different market. There were very few Jewish books out there. And um, I was looking for something for Hanukkah for my son, and there was not much to choose from. And so I wrote a book, um, just not about the story of Hanukkah, but about what a, a child would experience. You know, they would light the candles, they would spin the menorah, uh, spin the dreidel, light the menorah. Um, and I wrote it and it did really well, I think because there was literally no competition. And so then they came back to me and said, oh, well, can you write a companion book for, for Passover? So I did that. And then they said, can you write a book for 
the high holy days and I did that. And then I was sort of off and running. And, and a lot of my Jewish books now come because people come to me and say, you know, what, what do you have? Or have you thought about writing something about Purim or whatever it is? Um, so that was a, that's been a big part of my career. But the other books, you know. So, so Leslie, I, I, um, I, so I have a, a, a question that's important for me to ask you. Okay. Um, as an aspiring author and a interviewer, um, I, I wonder about the process. Like for me, if you say to me, Mel, can you write me a story about Purim? It's going to be a shitty story because I'm, I'm trying to write for a market, for a request. Uh, I'm not thinking between the boxes. I'm not connecting absurd things. Uh, the only time I can write a story about Purim is if I'm thinking about old sneakers. I, I would say that's I would say that's true. And I there have been a lot of projects that I've turned down because they've said, "Can you do this?" And I'm like, "Well, I I don't really have any ideas." Um, a lot of times I'll just say, "Let me get back to you." You know, let me think and see if there's anything that comes to me. Um, but, you know, working for Sesame Street, I also got very used to writing for something. You know, they'd say, we need a book about Elmo and healthy habits. And so you it, it's sort of a way of training your brain to work a certain way. Uh, but I do agree. You don't want to start the process of work writing for something. You don't want to you don't want to. You want to let the ideas come. You don't want to really say, well, I'm going to write a book about um, the marathon because it's very popular right now or whatever. Um, you you want to sort of let your ideas play themselves out. Well, you know, your book, coming back to your wonderful book, um, it's, it's not really about the marathon. In other words, you cover the bases and you have all these little inserts, you know, fun facts. The marathon is 26.2 miles long and the uh, Um, But it's really what I love about it, and everybody should buy it. Um, the people listening to the podcast who have not seen the book and the, and the spreads that have the double fold out, you just run and buy this book. Run and buy this book. Run 26 miles to buy this right. book. Right. Don't, you don't have to run 26 miles. In fact, you can even do it at your computer. <laughs> Yeah, no, I know that's a marketing thing, but I think the people, I think the people should run 26 miles and then buy the book. Okay. And they should be, they should get a discount. <laughs> I was trying get, to, the marathon I was, discount. Yeah. So, so um, this, uh, this wonderful book is really not about the marathon. It's about human beings and humanity and the, uh, and life. I would say, I would say, so it, it's a little bit of a, a conceit. Uh, it, it's about the marathon, but it's also not about the marathon. And it's it, also, I look at it, one, it's about the human spirit, but two, it's also sort of a love story to New York. And I'm sure there are many, I'm not a New Yorker by birth, but I'm sure there are many cities that are like this, but I love, what I love about New York is how incredibly diverse it is. It's just a mix of everything and when you look at the pictures you'll see it really um she did a beautiful job of showing that it's just a huge rainbow no, it, of it, people it, it's incredible it's the melting pot it's the golden in medina it um, is and if you and, if you watch the marathon you that's the first thing that hits and, you and and when i was reading this book um i thought of the demonstrations here in israel 
So, you know, reader response, uh, at least for me, it was not just about the marathon. It was like being together with a throng of all kinds of people from different ages and different backgrounds and having a love fest. Something like Woodstock, which I was not at, but I wish I were. Um, and, and, and now for all the people who want to be Leslie Kimmelman, but cannot, uh, what is your... One of, one of me is planning. <laughs> what, what is your best advice uh, for aspiring authors uh, other than um, get a job as an editor and work for Sesame Street? Um, read. I, I, I mean, there's, and this is what I tell kids when I go to classrooms, just read. Because the more you read, the more you see where you fit in. I mean, I I write a lot of books, but I know what kind of books I can write. Some people, I, I think the more you read, the more you realize, A, what you respond to and what works and um, what's possible. Um, I, I read... I read adult books and kids books, but I'm just reading all the time. And I think that's the best advice I can give you. And also just be a, um, be an observer of the world because ideas are everywhere. You know, they're- Yeah, they, but they say the that. It's a fascinating place. Yeah, no, but okay. So this is- And, and be prepared for a lot of rejection. That's the third piece of advice. Do you, do you ever get rejected? All the time. I just got rejected yesterday on a picture book. I get rejected all the time. And what and, and what what happens? I either usually I try it a few times before I give up, but but you know, sometimes I think, well, it just has to find the right author. I mean the right uh editor. Um it just has to find one person who believes in it. But after a while, if I've sent it to 10 different people and they all sort of have the same kinds of comments, I think to myself, you know, maybe this isn't working. Um, sometimes I put it away for good. Sometimes I just put it away for a while and then come back to it and say, what could I do differently that would make it work better? Um, it's hard to look at your own work and, and completely know, yes, this is working or no, it's not. I've had things made into books that I thought, oh, this is, this is okay. And, and then they've been published and I've had other things. I have this one manuscript that I really like, and I've had it for 10 years and I've never had someone pick up, pick it up. And, you know, but you only need to find one editor who, who believes that it's, it makes a good book. Okay. Yeah, what rejected. <laughs> And and one of the other um, interesting and, and almost unique things about your career is that you've done a lot of it without having an agent. Yes. Um, but but so do you submit to editors whom you know because you're in the industry? Yes, and I I wouldn't suggest that, especially now. When I started out, it um, you really didn't need an agent. Some people had them, but it was. 50-50, now you really need an agent. There are a few publishers that will still look at things um, unsolicited, but not that many. And it really helps to get an agent. And it's not easy to get an agent. You know, agents are just as picky as editors in some ways. Um, I was lucky because I was in the field, so I knew a lot of people. Um, that in recent years is not as true because a lot of the people I knew have either left the field or retired, um, 
and I have now left the field in terms of being an editor. Uh, so it's not necessarily a path I would suggest, but um, but it's it worked for me for most of my career. I was lucky. What about critique groups? Um, I think those are really helpful. Um, I'm in a critique group with um, three other uh, writers. And um, as I said, it's very hard to look at your own stuff with a completely clear mind. And sometimes people point out things that should have been obvious, but weren't. And I, I think a critique group is always helpful. You have to be in the right one. You know, get, I, I was in one a group once that was people that were people all beginning in publishing and it probably wasn't the best match. Um, the group I'm in now is wonderful and the women who are in it are, I find their criticisms and, and uh, comments very helpful. Mm. So uh, you touched on women. So um, let's talk about women. Okay. Um, do you think that there's like, I, 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 I'm wholly convinced that the, there's, um, a lot of Jewish people in this field, and there's no anti-Semitism in, in picture books, at least none that I've seen in interviewing over 100 people. And, uh, you know, it's safe if you're Leslie Kimmelman, it doesn't matter. But um, I'm wondering, because like of the people that I've interviewed, oh, about 95% are female, authors hmm. and illustrators and agents and editors, is there an anti-menitism? I don't think so. If anything, I think the other way around because the men yeah. that why, why in the field, think... everyone's like, wow, he's so in touch with kids. And uh, no, I don't think there's any. It may be that we don't make enough money and men, men, more men are interested in fields where they're actually going to make a lot of money for their living. But uh, I don't think there's any. And there are some amazingly talented men who are writing picture books. So okay, I, I have a theory about that, but this okay. uh, no, not today. The show is oh. about you. The show is <laughs> about you. But you you touched a raw nerve. Someone told me that um, if I changed my name to Melanie, I would have huh. a better chance getting published in the states. Um, but let, let's. I don't think that's true. I really okay. don't. Okay. But if you, you change your name to you know, Lady Gaga, you might have a really good chance. Okay. So now I, a much better chance. So now I know who the pseudonym behind Lady Gaga is, Leslie. <laughs> okay. So we're, we're almost through. Is there anything I haven't asked you? This was so much fun. Um, I just want to do a shout out to a book that I have. Oh, I did a shout out to the Even Adam book, which I think is, it's being illustrated by someone who um, is, uh, I think she's from Belarus. She fled. She is now living somewhere else. But the the it's a retelling of the Garden of Eden story, and it's absolutely gorgeously illustrated. Um, and uh, it's sort of told from Eve's point of view. And it was written during the um, pandemic, so it's sort of that idea that you have no. What do you do when you have no idea what's coming next? It's not the whole Adam and Eve story. It's the just the first night. So when the sun goes down, they don't know what to expect. You know, is the sun ever going to come up again? Who knows? So it, it sort of was written out of that uh, shut lockdown feeling like what in the world is going to happen next? And it's a, a really beautiful book published by um, uh, Apples and Honey Press. So that's uh, my shout out. A, another, uh, another Jewish uh, imprint. 
Uh, And I've taken a sneak peek at Adam and Eve. Even Adam. Yeah. Okay. So even Adam. (laughs) You see, that's I'm never going to get public. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to say. We're we're not used to saying it that way. Exactly. So it's like uh, saying jelly and peanut butter. You know. Yeah. So so I've I've had a look at your book, um, a sneak peek. Uh, and it's delicious, and and it's very interesting the way the illustrator like hides the um, the, the nakedness. Um, the, yes, you said it, and there's also this very sensitive that you've written in, you know, about them together, and their togetherness. You know, okay, it's first night together, and um, you know, you look pretty scrumptious, and oh, and you look pretty scrumptious. Uh, let's. Let's hold hands and look at the stars. Well, so you know, the, it's, the, a, it's the, a picture book. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's it's beautifully done, and the parents are going to do, you know, wink, wink, and the, right. the kids, the kids are going to say, yeah, I'm, very, yeah. "I'm very proud of that book. I think it's going to be I, gorgeous." Yes, and um, I want to have you back next year. But by by, uh, by then, you'll have probably a dozen new books, but uh, and and <laughs> we'll have more more fun. Um, so um, I just in parting. Meanwhile, um, I'd like you to read a little bit more from your wonderful book that we are celebrating today that launched last week, which is Ready, Set, Run, published by Random House Studio. And it's just out from August the 1st. And it's brilliant. Okay, I'll read sort of the end part of the ending. Okay, we're back in Manhattan. The good news is that it's close to the finish line. The bad news is that it's uphill. The crowds are waving flags and screaming at the top of their lungs. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Central Park is waiting. You can read some more. I'll read this page too. Crossing the finish line is like flying. The runners feel amazing, proud, sore, tired, dazed. They've done it. Three cheers for the winners. One more, one more bit. But all the runners are winners, so medals for everyone. And that's all I'll read for now. Um, but it, it really is a fun book, and it's um, I think kids are going to like it. So, Leslie, picture books are marathons. They are. <laughs> and this is a, a marathon of a marathon. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. So Leslie Kimmelman and all your other aliases that we have not explored yet, <laughs> but we have, I hope we'll have future uh, engagements. It's I been so wonderful. So. It's been so wonderful having you and, and a big thanks to Ariel Bernstein who introduced us. And I hope that you are going to introduce me to some of your other colleagues and friends. I definitely will. Um, uh, who are all going to be women and that's okay. <laughs> and, um, And I am Mel Rosenberg, uh, here for the Children's Literature Channel of the New Books Network. And I've been with the incredible Leslie Kimmelman, and it's been wonderful, but we have to go. So, Leslie, until we meet, shalom. Thank you so much. Shalom. And keep writing your fabulous books. Thank you very much, Mel. Thanks. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure, and certainly not bubkas. (laughs) Right. Bye.